up that diesel. Um, 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 let's go diesel. Um. Either you venture to guess uh, what Matt Ryan's record is against the Washington football franchise in his career. Um, how long he's been in the league? Don't tell me. Don't tell me the record. But how long he's been in? The league? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, been in the league since two thousand eight, right? In, in that right, two thousand seven. What year was it that he was drafted from BC? It was the year. It was the year after, after uh, Vic went to jail, right? Yeah, I was. I was trying not to say. When Vic got locked, but man, I... <laughs> so yeah, it was two thousand eight, two thousand eight. Yeah, uh, I I don't know if it's five and zero or six and zero, Cliff, but uh, either way, we get mocked by Matt Ryan. I was gonna say minimum four and zero at least. It's six. It's six, it is six and zero. It's six. Jesus, yeah. because we haven't beat. Well, we'll get to that in the trivia. Oh, okay. A little nice. egg, but all right. It'd be nice yeah. if people stop calling this the get right week or get get you know how the team is supposed to get right versus Atlanta as if as if we're you know as if we don't have the same record. Stop looking at it like that. I've been seeing that a lot on uh, social media. Washington's get right week, and I just don't like the sound of that. Especially I mean, if they get the quarterbacks are kicking ass. It's the NFL. It ain't no get get right week to NFL as far as I'm concerned. Nope. Nope. I'm thinking about the game today too, and yeah. Falcons aren't as talented as some of the other teams that we've played or that we're going to play in the coming weeks, but they have off the top of my head, four players that can probably will kill us. And we'll, we'll get to that in the 10 keys to the game. So let's jump right in. First key to the game, Brady Jarrett, uh, one of the most unheralded defensive linemen in the NFL. He probably is going to end up being the best defensive player we've seen this season, not named Bosa or James, uh, He's a monster. He's a monster. Whoa, on whoa, whoa. That's, that is a bold statement. That's a long-ass statement, boy. He's starting off the spot hot. Who you know, who you know that we played is better than Grady Jarrett outside of Bosa and Derwin? Like, for sure better. Don't we play Chris Jones? I'm talking about so far. Oh, gosh. Oh, okay. you said so. Okay. Got it. Yeah, so oh, far. So far. Saying. Yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be that. That crazy. That, 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 off that pack out here. My bad, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But he is very, very good. And I feel like most of casual NFL circles don't know how good he is. But please don't get twisted. 97 is real, real dominant. Um, so what can we do to mitigate his impact on the game? Obviously, the guys on the interior on Sunday are going to have to be stout. Chase Royer's, the Brandon Sheriffs of the world, Eric Flowers. And I kind of feel like they've been having a pretty solid season. So numbers speak to it, especially in the run game. Um, and if, I don't really think they have anyone outside of Brady on that line. It's really truly concerning or who could really do, be as much a disruption as he is. So I, I could foresee a situation where they may have a Ruye Sheriff tag team or even Eric Flowers, Ruye tag, tag team to not allow him to, you know, be a disruption in the pocket. Um, I don't really think their, their pass rushes on out, on the outside of Brady's yard is really going to be as, as effective as he is. So I can see a situation where they they key on him, and it could be a double team from the first quarter all the way to the fourth. Ooh, I thought we had an all-pro guard. We do, but the way we he do. ran 
Oh, I don't know where it's at. It's like, nah, let me stop. <laughs> we got an all pro smart, man. I'm not, you know, Craig Jarrett's a good player. I don't know if he's the third best. Jadarius Javius White would probably have an argument there, right? Is he better than Leonard uh, Williams? I did forget Trey White. I forgot I, Trey White. Okay, fourth. I'm on the fourth. I'd probably lean Grady. I'm a, I'm a fan of Grady. Um, look, we have an all-pro guard. I shouldn't have to worry about D-tackles. If anything, D-tackles should be lying. If they if we're like, okay, he's lined up on Flowers every play, I think Flowers holds his own versus player like Grady Jarrett. Grady Jarrett is Flowers. a good player, no doubt. Yeah, I think Grady Jarrett's a good player, but he, I would put him a notch below players like Fletcher Cox and that level guy. So he's good, yeah. But he only seen. In fact, I argue he probably seems a lot better because he's been playing with bums his whole career down there. So it helps him stand out more. Right. That's true. That's true. Um, Y'all saw the stat I sent you guys about uh, Cosme's grade amongst rookie O tackles. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Cosme is the highest graded offensive lineman, not just tackle, offensive lineman amongst rookies in the NFL right now, which is crazy considering that Rashawn Slater exists. You know, that's kind of wild. Like, he is playing much better, much, much better, much better than the week one. Um, I didn't really pay close attention and key on how we did in pass pro this past Sunday. That means uh, he did well then. Right. <laughs> right? Like, Facts. I think the funny thing is that he that no one's talking about him. Right, like everybody's talking about all these issues. Oh, why is the defense playing like this? What's going on with this part of the team? Why we run the ball more? People complain about Cosby after week one. We haven't really heard about it since. Danny even said, "Oh, he's playing well." Like it's weird. He's a second round pick. I feel like Cosby. I couldn't like I. I think I said this after week two. I can't really be asking much more in a second round pick tackle. I think he's playing decent football, man. If you're not hearing an old lineman's name, and must be doing a damn good job. Kroger versus Bosa, slightly week one, but we saw his run grade, which was obviously highest amongst all tackles at one thing week two. And so it, it kind of grades out how it should be. I mean, he, he's been solid. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. people are like he struggled versus Bosa. It's like, what do you, like, what? Like, what? <laughs> like, everybody struggles against Bosa. It was his first, yeah. was his first start. Yeah, that's going to happen. It's weird how people do that. It's like, oh, he's going against Joey Bosa. Oh, we should be really worried about him. It's like, well, he's not going to face Joey Bosa every week, man. Like, <laughs> we did say that. You said that a few weeks back. Yeah. Like, hey, why, why are y'all lunching? This is Joey Bosa. Come on now. I think when that was going down, I was just kind of pissed off that they left him out on that island. But, I mean, obviously, you know, this is the league. So, you you, you go, your, your tackle's going to be in situations where he's isolated one-on-one with an elite pass rusher. But. Since then, the brother's held his own, man. So, hopefully, sky's the limit for Cosmo. Yeah. Um, also, putting together a very quiet, productive season is Eric Flowers. I've watched a few of Mark Bullock's breakdowns this week, and um, especially on that screenplay last Sunday where Antonio Gibson got out. Like, this man was moving in space. Like, I, it's hard. It's it's nice to see it's such a big man in space being so, like, fluid and so nimble and, and making blocks. Like, he got – uh, Tremaine Edmonds out the way on that joint. Like, he's really having a nice little season, which is wild considering he was so bad before 2019 and then bad again last year. It's like when he shows him the aspirin, all of a sudden he turns into into Anthony Munoz. 
He was on the Giants. The Giants have a, had a bad old line before he got there. They've had a bad old line since he left. Went to the Dolphins, a team that had had a bad old line before he got there. We see their old line this year. I'm not even going to say that it's just us. That he has to be an Ashburn. I feel like he was just – he was on two teams where their old lines just stink. He could look better just – by having competent O-line around him, which is more than he could say, like you said, for what he had in New York and what he's had in Miami. Hey, the, the Dolphins O-line is big buns. Er, er, like, like, I don't know if y'all are aware, but they are trash down there. I'm surprised they didn't trade him. Into a kill out there, man. They're terrible. Let's move on to number two. Um, I know y'all saw that Curtis Samuel's back at practice today. Shout out to my man, Ken. Good to have you back. Uh, well, well, we should slow down a little bit because he's back on the practice field. He hasn't been officially activated. You know, he got that 21-day window. True, true, true. They remind me of the last 10 we had down here. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, what, what, right. What are you talking about, Paul's man? Are we talking about Paul Richardson? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, the last two 10s, in fact. I yeah. take that back. <laughs> Forgot about that bum-ass name. <laughs> Paul's man, Paul Richardson, out of the league, by the way. But anyways, carry on, Paul. Wait, first off, before I go on, Corey, there was a 10 here last year. There was a 10 here last year that you were gassing. Gassing. Mr. Rubik's Cube himself. What's up? But he's currently on the practice squad trying to get his shit together. Hopefully he gets it in order. But I was not boosting him the way you was boosting Paul Richardson. I gave him that contract. Let's keep it a buck. Uh, well, it's not my fault they gave him a ridiculous contract. Whoa, but whoa, I digress. You, I digress. And you wanted us to sign him. <laughs> wanted us to sign him. So I did great. like Paul Richardson. I liked him. He just made a paper mache. I, I wasn't aware that he's not even in the league anymore. That's a shame. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, moving on. Speaking of another <laughs> front number 10, Curtis Samuel. <laughs> if he gets on the field on Sunday, which is a big if, a big if, uh, I think it would be prudent to include him in the game plan a little bit. Uh, obviously, you're not going to be force-feeding him targets one week off of a, a, a growing injury that kept him out for months. But I do think that's important that if he plays on Sunday, if he's activated, that you utilize his ability. Because you saw last week what happens when teams are able to uh, focus on 17. Now 10's back. I think that you could actually like, open the playbook quite a bit for other things you want to do. You could absolutely open the playbook if Saint comes back. Like you said, I'm sure they're not going to throw the whole kid at him because you don't want to re-injure him. It'd be his first game back if he is activated. But obviously, we know that we know what he can bring to the offense. There's more speed. You can line it up anywhere. Obviously, he'll be less less focused on 17. The last thing teams are going to want is to have 10 going over the top on the opposite side. So I'm hoping he's back on Sunday because we obviously this offense is missing him. We need more firepower. Clearly, he has the ability to make plays out of the backfield, out wide, in motion, wherever you line him up. Curtis Sam is a playmaker, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed because Lord knows that offense needs some firepower right now. Um, Listen, until we see him on the field, I got no comment on Curtis Sam. Other than I'm, I get kind of concerned when you give wide receivers money and they show up and they're not healthy, man. Especially all the ones we signed. Yeah, just not as a red flag. He's nice. Want to see him on the field. Until I see him on the field, I'm just going to assume you're hurt, man. 
because they didn't even tell us what your injury was. We still don't know. Still don't know, Cliff. Corey, I, I found it kind of interesting, by the way, that you're out here shitting on Paul Richardson. I'm pretty sure you were gassing Terrell Pryor quite a bit. Quite a bit. Yeah, he tried I, to go I, back to that. I thought we was on that. He was off no, that. No, no. Hey, hey, no, I, I noticed, I noticed that Curtis Samuel and Paul Richardson have a certain uh, skin tone, complexion. Mm. But you are gassing Terrell Pryor, Jamar Moore. I'm like, yo, 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 yo you and your Where brother are like arms gonna stop this shit, man. Where are we going with this one, dog? <laughs> <laughs> you and your brother's oh. arms in, in the Caramel Army got to stop this shit, man. <laughs> the hey, Caramel <laughs> Army. <laughs> look, look, last thing I'll say is Paul Richards out of the league, but I believe Josh Dotson did sign with somebody. Well, yeah, they needed somebody to carry the footballs around. <laughs> <laughs> he been chaperoned on team trips with his old 43-year-old self-ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna say this again. This is I'm saying this for the third week in a row. We need more Gibson, man. More Gibson. More Gibson. More Gibson. And I think this is the week where you're finally gonna see it. I know I've been saying that, but last week yes, he didn't get the touches that they needed to actually uh, get him rolling in a way where it's like, okay, now Gibson's putting together a game. It's the, the game flow didn't dictate give Gibson more carries. But I think that this week you can do it. It's not a great Falcons defense. You might have a chance to give him some more carries. You might even have a chance to throw him the ball a little bit more. This got to be the week, though. This has to be the week where 24 gets 20 touches. You got to have a lead, though. Like, I mean, this is the NFL. Teams aren't really running like Like, we got to accept the teams aren't running like that. We want them to get the ball more. And like you said, touches. But I think it's just – if you're going to be behind a lot, then it's just going to impact his touches, right? The reason he turned, he, he was able to turn on going at a stretch last year is because we had leads. All right. We're behind. Uh, we're behind at the start of every game. That's like basically, the game's going to dictate that. So, really, basically, we need to stop the fern and we need to take the ball first, which I'll tell him. We might need to. Because at this point, obviously, we're all hoping the defense proves, but – if they just go down there and give up seven, we probably need to win the toss and take the ball and hand it off to 24. Paul, I'm with you. 24 needs 20-plus touches. We need to get into the situation where we're not down 14, we're not down 13, or whatever you want to call it, and get away from the game plan, which I'm assuming Scott is trying to get the ball in his hands. But like Cliff said, when you're down 14 nothing, all of a sudden your whole game plan is thrown out the window. So hopefully we can get him some early touches and get him going, man, because obviously Gibson was off to a good start and having 11, 12 carries, that's just – that's not going to cut it for me. And I don't think that's going to cut it for the rest of the year. And it's, if he doesn't get the ball in his hands, it's it's going to be trouble. I feel like week one, he got touches at the beginning of that game. Yeah, absolutely. Game was a little slower. Like, the pace of that game was a lot slower. Right? Definitely. He got – they were trying to give him the ball early. But we kicked the ball off versus the Giants. They marched. Touchdown. Bills get yep. the ball first. March. Touchdown. <laughs> yep. But I hear you on that. You know, last week, like you said yesterday, Cliff, they blinked and they're down 21 points. You know, if they fall behind seven nothing, which knowing this team is almost a certainty at this point, it's likely they'll give up an early touchdown. I don't want them to go away from the run game. Like, don't abandon the run because you're down. Like, honestly, hang the ball at 24 is probably one of the better things you could do for this offense right now. Like, don't say, okay, well, we're down 10 points early. Let's not give 24 the ball anymore out of the backfield. Like, no. Keep handing him the ball. This man will break one 
as you saw yes last week, eventually. Just keep feeding the rock. Eventually, he'll make good things happen. He needs opportunities to make those plays, man. And to harp on what Riverboat was talking about, how he wants Heineke to be more of a game manager. Well, if that's what you want, you probably want to get the ball in 24's hands to allow Heineke to be more of a manager and be play action bootleg and not asking them to go empty in the backfield and make a decision. Heineke, like feed 24, bring up the safeties and give you, you know, allow your receivers to get some one-on-one options outside. So feed yeah. 24. And I think it'll allow the offense to, you know, open up a little bit more. He's actually right. the one who I think is going to benefit the most from when Curtis Samuel is healthy is Gibson. Yeah. I was yeah. just going to say that cliff on a, lot, <laughs> on a lot of like, a lot of that, you know, a lot of this the motion move, the, that movement that's going to distract defenses. Because defenses got a key on Curtis Sam, and Carol Sam can hit you for 60, 70 yards. So when he's going in motion, it's a little different from when Cam Sims is going in motion. It's a little different from when McLaurin, even McLaurin. Because McLaurin yeah. is not, defenses don't treat McLaurin as that kind of threat in that way, yep. in the way they would treat Samuel. I think it's going to open up running lanes for him. We definitely need him. Like, I said what I said about Samuel, but – Samuel's a really good player, man. And he brings something really different to the team. And I think his game is – we signed him to complement the other pieces. And I feel like Gibson is one of the guys who really, really would benefit from that. I didn't have this written down as something I wanted to talk about today. But now that you bring it up, and that's a really good point, how do you think the offense will look different once Curtis Samuel is back? I don't think that we've been in our bag yet as far as, like, play calling. Because one major piece to what Scott Turner wants to do has been out. How do you think the offense will look different? Like, obviously, I think more motion, a lot more like frenetic motion, a lot more like ways to confuse the defense. I don't know if they'll be more vertical. I don't know if, if they'll try to keep up the same like breakneck speed pace in the play calling that they've been showing so far this season. Uh, what do you guys think? Any differences? I think it's going to be different for the defenses. Because we, we're still seeing a lot of motion. I think that's just mm-hmm. like the mainstay in his in Scott Turner's offense. But the defenses aren't respecting – like, they don't have to respect the motion in the same way, right? Like, you can even see the difference when Gibson goes in motion that gets a, that gets clear respect from the defense in a way that Adam Humphreys doesn't. Samuel is at mm-hmm. another level. And one thing I think we might actually see if we have Samuel out there is, is some wildcat. Yep. That's spicy. Right? I like that. Like, those kind of, like, mix-ups, I think those are the things where Samuel makes it different. Like, that's the one after where it's different. You might see things like that. Like, him in the Wildcat with Gibson, just, like, on, like, a random play, like, once or twice a game, I think we might see things like that. That just adds a whole nother element to the offense, man. Something else that the defense got to prepare for. And like you said, who's really respecting Adam Humphreys going in motion on the jet sweep? Ain't nobody trying to see that shit. Ain't nobody paying that. You you see (laughs) the defense trying to see that shit. They're like, well, you yeah, hand it off to yeah, this yeah, nigga. I take that for the defense. Definitely trying to see that. My fault, Cliff. But <laughs> got 10 out there in motion. Whether it could be a flare out, it could be a jet sweep. I mean, it's just so much that you could do with Curtis Samuel. Yeah. And that is obviously putting up everything for Antonio Gibson. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I feel like he's right. the player that ties it all together, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's how you get to use Diami as a deep threat. Opens up the field uh-huh. for Logan Thomas. Now you can't really double McCorn all the time. Like, there's just things that it sort of ties the whole offense together in a way that other players on our team, just they don't bring that dynamic element to it. 
right? Facts. Um, I had said earlier in, in the offseason, like, he's going to be the straw that stirs the drink. And I think that if we get him back this week, you have a chance to see that early on in the game. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, like, a guy like Antonio Gibson, we're talking about the ways we can use him now that Curtis Samuel is back. How about putting Curtis Samuel running back and letting Gibson split out wide against a linebacker that can't guard him? That's another way that he can hurt you. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, uh, or, or what about, like, featuring a package with, with Curtis Samuel Jaden McKissick and Antonio Gibson, you have three guys who could potentially take the ball from the outfield from the backfield or on a swing pass or on a uh, a go route or a slant or anything. Like these options that you're given by these uh multifaceted football players on offense is what we've been dying to see from this offense since Scott Turner was hired. And now you actually have the players, we might the players on the field all at once. So something to look forward to for sure. Definitely. All right. Number four. Uh, no turnovers, man. No goddamn turnovers. We've had one every game this year so far, and especially in the first two games, you had the fumble by Gibson week one, you had the interception by Heineke week two, and then you had the trio of turnovers. All were costly. They've all been really, really costly, man. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing a game on Sunday, a clean game. Keep the ball off the turf. Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas. Don't throw no dumbass picks across your body to the far hash late, Taylor Heineke. Like, let's let's keep the turnovers for a minimum, please. Bro, I don't even think I need to say, say anything else because you said everything right there. We cannot turn the ball over. We're not good enough to be turning the ball over too. We're not good enough to be having teams scoring 17 points off turnovers. Don't allow a team like Atlanta. Don't give them, no, don't give them any momentum. You know they're at home. Because the moment you turn the ball over, that gets the crowd in the game. That that could change the course of everything. So, offensively, we have got to protect the football. Paul, every, you, you you hit the nail on the cough with everything you said. Everything. Wait, question, Corey. Was it 17 points off turnovers last week for the Bills? Is that what it was? 17. Yep. They scored every time we turned the ball over. That is – I yep. mean, in a, in a game where you lose by 23 points, 17 games makes a massive difference. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Jeez. That's terrible. Um, you're not even, you're not good enough to turn the ball over, man. We got no fucking Mahomes on our team. Can't turn right. the ball over. We got, the truth is, like, we, I think I said this yesterday, regardless of how we feel about Heineke, this is a journeyman quarterback. Mm-hmm. We turn the ball over, we're probably not winning that game. You know, like, I think that's how we got to look at any game we play with a quarterback at Heineke's level. Right, it's one thing to have the top dudes. Top dudes, you can have it. T- the game's going. There's going to be so many plays in the game that like a turnovers, whatever. With the way our defense is playing as well, our defense That's is so bad that like <laughs> even when we turn the ball over, and also because of the long drives they're giving up, the game is just shorter. Mm-hmm. Especially in the first half, our defense is on the field the whole first half of these games. So you turn the ball over, giving away possessions. That means you're probably cutting off possession or two from yourselves again. So even when you are taking the ball at half, you're canceling it out by turning the ball over other possessions. Yep. You can't be turning the ball, especially on the road. You went on the road to a, a title contender and turn the ball yeah. over like that. You're getting the shit kicked out of you. <laughs> like, plain and simple. Yep. Yeah, man. Uh, remember when they told uh... – Del Curry, you don't got the cholesterol to be out here. Like <laughs> you don't got the, the horses in your offense. We turn the ball over. Come on now, like let let's let's settle down. You know, 
hold the tips, you know, tuck that thing away. Let's not do anything stupid out here. We, we, we can't survive these mistakes. Like, we've seen that. Mm-hmm. All right. Number five. Um, and this really is a shout-out to Scott Turner and Taylor Heineke. We talked about this yesterday. You got to manage the game. Let's not put the game on fours back. Even if you get 10 back, let's not go crazy. I like There's some things I want to see with 10, but let's not have him out here doing anything ridiculous. Like I think we have the players on offense where we could have a good game plan for Sunday, a nice balance of all the, the dynamic playmakers you have without making Taylor Heineke the guy. Come up with a game plan for Sunday in which everybody's eating, but number four isn't asked to throw the ball 45, 50 times. I'm with you, Paul. And y'all know me. I've been, I've been critical of Scott, but I've been coming around on him. I, I like his offense, but I need him to simplify the game plan with Heineke at quarterback. I understand Heineke knows his offense better than probably anybody he's dealt with. But with that said, like Cliff just said, he's a journeyman. He can't ask his brother to drop back 45 to 50 times trying to throw the ball out to the hashes. And it's just floating out there. <laughs> and the safety's like, <laughs> jackpot. We can't do that. <laughs> the establish the run game and no i'm not asking to to you know go out there ground and pound 35 40 times but you need to make it a point where the defense is feeling 24 and feeling 21 and you drawing them safeties up and you're allowing like i said you're allowing your quarterback to get into a little bootleg or a play action i mean you can even run the empty set but let's not come out and start an empty set and just asking this guy to drop back and beat the the opponent like i just don't think that's the winning formula for this team and what we have right now so scott like you said, Paul, please scheme it up, get the run game involved, and stop putting it all on Forrest back. Yeah, stop putting it on Forrest back. But, and, and, I mean, you all, you guys have said it all, but this also, for me, also goes back to constantly being behind. Yeah. Just behind all, we're, like, literally behind at kickoff. It's 7 nothing game. Like, what time was this 7 nothing on Sunday? Like, no, <laughs> like what the fuck? So you basically getting off the bus down a touchdown. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Yeah, as soon as it was third and fifteen and they converted that joint, every play was a chunk play after that. Yeah. It's like they boom, went boom, they boom. went from third and fifteen at their own twenty yard line to mm-hmm. seven nothing in like three minutes of real time. It was like wild. Like, come on now. So I think it's it's one of those things like you have you have a backup quarterback in. We need everyone to contribute, man. Defense gotta play better, play caller gotta like everybody's gotta be better. So nah, I think I think honestly, I think Ron probably talked to Scott Turner, frankly. <laughs> it was like, listen, man, I like your offense just as much as you do, but what the fuck, man? This is not <laughs> you do not have Kyler Murray a quarterback. Let's cut it back a little bit. You know, let's help. Let's help Taylor out somewhat. Reel it all in here now, Daddy. <laughs> like, what, what's Saban used to? What's Saban used to yell to Lane? Lane Kiffin, run the damn ball, Lane. The fuck are you doing, Lane? What what year would he leave USC? Was that t- has it been ten years since at USC? No, nah, it hasn't been ten years yet. Damn near close to it though, right? It's got to be around 10 years, right? Because, yeah, it's got to be around 10 at least. Wait, or refresh my memory. So he started at USC, then went to the Raiders? Started at USC, went to the Raiders, fired by the Raiders, went to Tennessee. 
left Tennessee after one year. Goddamn. <laughs> no, sorry, oh, we have God. that wrong. No, sorry, we have that wrong. He, he sorry, then he went to USC, right? Because he was hired by the Raiders at, after he was the OC at um for USC. Mm. Not the head coach. So he went USC to the Raiders. Yeah, because they because that's why they hate him in Tennessee. So USC yeah. to the Raiders to Tennessee leaves Tennessee for USC. He's been in a few spots since, but he went to Bama. I know he's the OC at Bama for at least one year, right? No, he's OC at Bama for two years. Two years. And then he went basically to basically like, turned their program. Around. He honestly took their program to the next level, frankly. Then he went to Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic, right. Yeah. yeah. Almost now. Wait, you, you say he helped turn Florida Atlantic's program around? Or you, well, he turned not Bama, are you? He took Bama's program to the next level. Oh, as far as the offense goes, yeah. right? Yeah. He took uh, I mean, to the next level, man. They have been very, very different offensively over the past, like, five years. I don't know if it's been five years, but, like, I mean, I just remember the ground and pound with Mark Ingram and shit. Like, now they're just, like, a – Wide open, throw the ball type of offense, right? Uh-huh. I mean, they, they, still get backs like Derrick Henry. They still get these big bruising yeah, backs. They go get the like, backs because they got the old, like they got the everything. They get it. They're gonna get every player, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know right? Like, damn, they get everybody. They play Ole Miss on Saturday, man. That's gonna be an interesting game, right? Oh, by the way, you, you see, uh, you see, saving on with the, the Mannings. Yeah, this man saving think he's slick. <laughs> He was like, I want to coach with the Manning brothers. I would love to coach with the Mannings. You know damn well he's speaking to Arch. Arch might go to Ole Miss, though. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. Especially if Lane is there. I think he's going to. even had a big chuckle on his face when he was saying that shit, too. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shoot. He, uh, Arch better stay in his lane, go to Ole Miss before he gets to hate the Peyton guy at Tennessee. Remember the way they was killing Peyton when he went to Tennessee? I'm like, yo, let my man live. Jesus. Arch might as well gone up north, come straight up to Ann Arbor, hit the big house, brother. We need. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Come on down. <laughs> yeah, good. If, he want, if, if he wants to, if he wants to uh, leave from Michigan and then become a graduate assistant somewhere, <laughs> and I think that's the a school that you should go to. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you want to be all in the videos. Like, you want to go to Michigan? You want to run the wing tee? Come to Ann Arbor. <laughs> <laughs> they hey, there's no way that family would even let him go to play for Jim Harbaugh. There ain't no fucking chance. Yeah, you already know that. Dog, Peyton will call. Damn, dog. We running. <laughs> Yo, Peyton will call up Jim, cuss his man out. The fuck you doing to my nephew? <laughs> see how Peyton, dog, y'all see how Peyton be during those games? Yep. Then they yep. can just watch his quarterbacks, and that shit just gives him anxiety, dog. He hate anytime they make a bad play, Cliff. Motherfucker is sick. He's so sick, dog. <laughs> dog. You, you see the way you see the way he was talking about what's his name, about McCarthy when he wouldn't call a timeout right before half. Yep. And Eli Eli was like, well, you know, Payne, I, I see why he was like, no, man, he has to call a timeout. Like, okay, <laughs> God damn. All right. I'll shut the fuck up then. Peyton seemed like one of those dudes where it's like. If you my coach and you don't know this, like how do you know this, bro? You're my coach. Call man. <laughs> man, Payne's a different animal. He's the type of dude that yeah. like, like, I mean, not every coach and player eats and breathes and drinks football. You know what I'm saying? It's, it sounds bad because as a coach, you think that would be like your lane, but like 
Peyton really is about this shit. Like that's why I feel like Peyton wouldn't be a good coach. Just like the same reason why MJ probably wouldn't be a good coach because like it means so much to them. When you saw somebody else slacking, he'd probably lose his fucking mind. Nah, but Peyton. See, I don't think Peyton's football obsessed. He's quarterback obsessed. He's never played any other position. Like he even talks about that. About how, like, he wishes, like, when he was younger, he played other positions. He's never played any other position other than quarterback, ever. So, and he's not like some physical super talent. That right. nigga is a genius. <laughs> like, straight up, like, he, to me, it's like him and Floyd, these, these dudes are like, they were born into it and they just learned everything. I mean, that uh-huh. big ass got on his shoulders, he got a computer up in there. We know that. <laughs> No, this, this man got the pinky in the brain dome. Man. Oh, no, Eli be frying that nigga about his head. So. <laughs> Eli funny on the low. I'm Eli funny as shit, man. <laughs> Eli. I fuck with oh, Eli. Eli. Eli was in college, man, because even in college when he was an old Miss, old Miss wasn't that good. They used to hang in games, and that nigga used to take a beating. Hang in the pocket mm-hmm. and take mm-hmm. a beating, man. Yep. Yo, I'll I'll never forget sitting down and watching that first Eagles uh Giants game when um Eli for that draft. They they had benched Kurt Warner. Eli came in and I remember he scrambling to his right. I forgot who hit him. It might have been like Hugh Douglas, but you don't see the man coming at all. I don't I mean his first game, so he probably didn't know where it's coming from. And this man, Eli, got his bones rattled on that job. <laughs> you don't ever see Eli limping. Nothing. Nah, nope. Eli, Eli, he played for the Giants, but I was, I've always, I always like Eli. He earned my respect. I can't Eli. He earned uh, my respect. Eli got my respect for sure. He, he, he played, he played the unassuming doofus role very well. <laughs> uh, nah, the nigga plays the role of the, his brother is like incredibly famous. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's why Eli's like that. Like his brother's always, his brother's older than him, and it's always been paid. It was first, it was Cooper, Cooper, Cooper. Yep. His whole life, all he knows is it's been Peyton, 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 Peyton. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you on that. He's really quiet. But you know he's probably funny and shit on low because he probably used to make fun of Peyton like shit when they were growing up. He'd be like, yeah. y'all see guy's helmet he got? Yeah. <laughs> he's a boy. This man got a five-head boy. You like with a wild one. You like used to go out and party. Like, you heard him tell the story about him going to see, like, trying to go into an underage bar. So I tried to get into a bar underage, and it was a bar that Brett, it was like Brett Favre's uncle's bar or some shit, and he saw Brett Favre okay. playing pool. Like, I think Eli got a, did Eli get like a, a drunk, um, a drunken public charge at Ole Miss? That sounds about did. right. I'm pretty sure that he That sounds did. about right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's funny as shit. The boy's funny as hell, man. <laughs> All right, let's get back, though. Yeah. Yeah, let's get back. Let's get back. Let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. All right, let's switch over to offense, number six. And this is about Matt Ryan. Um, Matt Ryan's been a good player in this league for a long time. Obviously, like we mentioned, he's had our number. But if you're watching the Falcons this year and you're watching um, Matt Ryan, the way he moves, I think everybody has a year where they kind of fall off a cliff. And I'm not saying Matt Ryan for sure is falling off a cliff, but he's not the same quarterback even that he was last year. And, you know, one of the, the case in point I could point to is air yards. I think it's it's – it's taking a massive dip. I don't have to stand in front of me because I'm driving my car, but I remember reading yesterday that no quarterback has had a bigger dip in their air yards than Matt Ryan has for three weeks. I think Cal Ridley was way over nine air yards last year, and now he's under like four. So um, there has to be a way to take advantage of the lack of arm strength that Matt Ryan 
has right now. And also, he's the first non-mogul quarterback they faced all year. So what can they do to get Matt Ryan off his game? Well, I think a lot of those issues with the air yards is because of pass protection. Their O-line is really bad, right? So they can't really yeah. pass protect. And you know why – the thing about Matt Ryan, man, you know why there's a, the red flag. That nigga has lost like 15 pounds, man. Really? He's skinny. Like, he's, he said he was in the best shape of his life. Like, coming into the oh, season. Like, when you look at him, like, he is clearly skinny. Yeah. You know what that means? It's over. Ah. When the old guys come start showing up talking about, I'm in the, I'm in the best shape. It's over. Same thing he did. He on a Brady diet? What the fuck is going on? Same well, nah, nah, nah. Well, Brady's playing better than he ever has, but I, I feel you. Same thing that day. Oh, lose a bunch of weight. Like, you can tell Matt Ryan's skinny. Can't move for shit. But I think a lot of issues with the air yards is really the O-line. O-line, new offensive coordinator. Sorry, new head coach, new offense. I think what's the name is the first-year offensive coordinator, Ragone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember Dave Ragone? Yep. I, I, he, used to, he used to fuck us up when he was at Louisville. Yeah, he's their, <laughs> he's their OC. So their offense just doesn't – obviously, it's Arthur Smith's first year as a coach, head coach. Offices doesn't look the same. So you got to just get to him, man, because he can't really move. Statue yeah. of Liberty pocket, man. But yeah, that, it really is, man. Like we've been saying, Paul, we need to mix up the – I know you mentioned on the last pod, we lead, apparently were in top three, top four as far as blitzing. But like I said, it doesn't seem like the team has been getting home. But this would be the perfect time to get a little exotic with your blitzes. You know, help your front yeah. four. Hopefully, as they're trying to get their shit together, you know, send a couple, send a safety, send a send a corner on the blitz. Like you know, he's not moving, he's not running. We're not, we don't got to worry about the read option this week. So I think this is a perfect time to you know pick up the pressure on the quarterback. You know, let's try, let's try to wreak some havoc in the backfield. Yo, one right. thing real quick about that blitz stat. I think that stat, it's a misleading one because I think that stat keep. Um, considers five-man rushes to be blitzes, and we were playing 5D linebacker. Mm, okay. That, I, it had to be, because I was telling Paul, I don't see how – I know we had a couple safety blitzes, corner blitzes, but not as much as that stat is saying. So yeah, I wonder. What, I, I want to yeah. say Chargers in um, the two games when we had Iodinus, we played five-down linebacker a lot. We I think yeah. that's considered, obviously, rushing – anything rushing more than four, I think, is how that stat tracks blitz. Gotcha. 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 That okay. makes sense. That makes sense, because they – they're the most blitzingest team in the league. And I'm like, how is that right. possible? Like, like, I'm watching the game. I, I'm like, something? I don't think so. Right, right, right. Right. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Right, well, that leads us into number seven. That's a good segue into the D-line. Um, the Giants' O-line was not that great, and uh, they didn't dominate in the way that I thought they might. Still have four sacks, had a productive day, but they didn't dominate in the way that you would want to see four first-rounders do it. Um, the Falcons. Like Cliff said, they're not really good up front. I mean, I don't. In fact, they're bad. They're bad up front. So they got to dominate on Sunday, man. Like it's time to whatever's going on with y'all, figure it out this week in practice. Come to Atlanta on Sunday, y'all got to whoop some ass, man, because y'all can't be out here letting a substandard old line hang with y'all. I'm with you, bro. Like, like I said, I don't want to call it a get right game, like other people have been saying, but this is the perfect opportunity for the D line to start. Getting they getting they shit back on track, man. Like a lot of people have been saying, we know Deron Payne won a lot of his one on one matchups, and they even pointed out how Montez and Chase won a couple of their one on one matchups. But they're not doing it as a unit, and 
at some point they got to come together and figure this shit out or this season's going to go off the rails. So like you said, Paul, this is a perfect opponent for them to get their shit going. And it doesn't got to all be, I'm not asking for four or five, six sacks, but I'm just, we need to see some havoc in the backfield. We need some, see some disruption. We need to see some pass breakups, pass knockdowns. We, we just need to see hat on ball or hat on the quarterback. And I think this is the week that we're going to do it. So I'm with you. Look, we said that last week. We said it during it for the Giants game. We said it for the Chargers game. I ain't saying for Buffalo. <laughs> no, but we said for the Buffalo game that the Buffalo the O-line was, wasn't their strength. We're saying it again right. this week. Whatever, man. Like, y'all going to dominate or what? I don't, time is that- about, I don't want to see clips of y'all winning one-on-one battles on Twitter. We watch the games, man. Y'all not dominating these games. They're not playing together. So until yeah. I see y'all dominate, I don't want to hear about it. You're four first. Y'all all first round picks. This is not even about oh play better. No, y'all need to be dominating. Period. I will not accept anything other than that, man. You paid. You yeah. paid. You tackle. D tackles had a good season so far. Allen, number two pick, other first round pick, other first round. I don't want to hear y'all played okay. Oh, I won my one-on-ones. Okay, well, how come the quarterback did – like, I don't think we really – we'll be here, Al, like a couple times. It's the thing – but I'm with you, Cliff, but the issue is, like, if De'Ron Payne's winning his matchup and he's expecting his teammate beside him to be doing a stunt with him and his teammate is 12 yards up the field because he decided to do a pass rush to go straight up the field, that's a problem. I'm with so you. We can- you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, obviously, I feel you. I'm not just trying to say, like, oh, well, you know, pain, you were you were solid, but that wasn't enough. Sweat, I see you one-on-one, you decent. But they need to help each other. Like, you can't have your D-tackles in there busting their ass and your two DNs are running straight upfield. That shit is unacceptable. And I think yeah, that goes back to what Riverboat was talking about as far as discipline and maturity. Like, where, where are 90 and 99 going? Like, I, and we could go back to the game last week. There were several times where Josh Allen just was like, okay, I'm just going to step up in the pocket because I don't know where you guys are going. So they need yeah. to get back on your game and play as a unit. Yeah, not only that, Corey stepping in the pocket, but especially on the play where he threw the Zach Moss for a touchdown and the, and the touchdown he ran himself. Mm-hmm. I, there, there's nobody on the outside to contain when Chase Young is shooting the gap. Yeah, you're having a clear, you're taking advantage of a clear lane, but when you take that risk, you got to get home. You can't Definitely. just give Josh Allen a clear a clear lane to either run it or just have, you know, somebody just an easy dump off for a touchdown. Like, there has to be more discipline with the team. And I think that goes to say that they need to play, be playing team ball, team ball better. Like, I know there's mm-hmm. probably some egos when you have four first-round picks, especially a guy as highly heralded as Chase Young. And I'm not saying he's playing selfish football on purpose, but you guys aren't playing team ball. I think that much is clear from anybody that's watching. You guys got to figure out what the fuck is going on. I don't know what the issue is. I hope there was some closed door meeting amongst the other players this week. I'm, I'm, I actually bet there was. Um, figure it out. I don't know what it is, but figure it out, bro. Yep. All right. Number eight. Number eight. Not something I thought I'd ever say. Cordell Patterson. Cordell Patterson. That's a tough one. Cordell, <laughs> Cordell Patterson. That's yep. actually my man from way back with the Bears. He actually is a good player. Like a very niche player, but he's a good dynamic player. And for those who own fantasy football like I do, you know he's been getting you buckets all season. Um, <laughs> they don't give him that many touches. They don't give him about 10 a game. But somebody like him has the ability to kill you if you give him an inch. 
Um, they love to move him around. He's not just a wide receiver anymore. He's actually listed as a running back, which terrifies me because I feel like they might try to single him on Bostic, which is a clear mismatch. Um, you know, we'll talk about Bostic later, a little bit later, but um, there has to be a way to try to contain Cordell Patterson. How is that? How do you think that goes down? Dog, I ain't worried about no damn Cordell Patterson, man. Cordell <laughs> missing. <laughs> Man, so they're not worried about you. <laughs> they better be dog. If he was doing kickoffs, I'd be worried. Does he if do the kickoffs? Offense, if you if your offense is giving the ball to Cordell Patterson 15 times a game, it explains why your air yards are four yards per play. Well, Cliff, just so you know, he is on the kick return. Cool. Well, if we're kicking off, turn means we scored. Perfect. Or we're kicking off to start the game and he's housing it and we're down seven nothing. Damn, Corey. If that's how he beats us, then that's how he beats us. But I ain't worried about him on offense, man. And even if he, I mean, and even if he comes here on Sunday as a good game, okay, good for him. I ain't worried. I ain't about, worried about Corey Patterson, but I see where Paul's going with this because he's the type of player that can get some fluky shit on us, whether it be out the backfield, isolate Bostic again, because as we know, Bostic has basically any quarterback he's played so far, they've completed every pass in his zone. So. I, I, I see where Paul's going as far as him being isolated one-on-one, but. Yeah, but we've, well, we face we faced better backs than him this year. We have. We right? have. And we face Eckler. We face Saquon. Like, I'm not worried about no damn Cordell Patterson. And now he's about to cook us on Sunday because I said that. Just because you were going to. Right. I'm about to say. I'm worried about I'm no damn Cordell Patterson. Hey, shout to you, though. Shout to you because I need, like, 15 points from Patterson on Sunday for my fantasy. So shout out to you for, See, that's for what guaranteeing I'll get that. That's what that is. That's Paul Boone for his fantasy team. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen. listen. Straight up, though, if Cordell Patterson is a major part of your offense, what's he, 31? Cordell Patterson? He's like 31 years old, right? 31, 31. Mm-hmm. You know, Like you said, Cliff, clearly they're lacking firepower if he's getting that. Right, if you're giving this guy touches, you're well, that's no, no reason. No wonder your offense is bad. Well, listen, listen. I don't think that they're lacking firepower because we haven't talked about Calvin Ridley or Kyle Pitts yet and Russell Gage is still a good player and Mike Davis is a serviceable running back so they have firepower I think Patterson is just a part of their offense now when he gets the ball he usually is doing something crazy and dynamic no they have firepower giving him the ball a lot yeah a lot of touches yeah I know give him a lot of touches then your offense probably stinks I'm sorry Nick's 30 years old, dog. We've seen this guy. We've seen this guy in plenty of places, plenty of opportunities. They use him as a running back more. Why didn't you just go get a running back? Well, I mean, he's a he's a good running back. I don't know why people didn't figure this out years ago. I think Bill Belichick might have been the first person to use him as a running back. But, yeah, but you even when they used him as a running back in New England, it was like sparingly. This thing is like yeah. part of their offense, man. Yeah. That's a red flag. I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but it's now he hasn't been cooking. If it was somebody, something like, okay, we're bringing in Cordell Patterson and we're going to give him 10 to 15 touches a game and he's averaging like three yards a pop, that's something else. But he's actually been productive. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Stinks. They're oh, all disgusting. You, so you're saying like, oh, he's been productive, but I guarantee if we went and looked at his EP, I'm about to sound like a fucking Twitter dickhead. Yeah, if I'm about to say, you, he you got it. sound like Matthew Berry. If we go, to his expected, his EPA, and that type of shit, I guarantee you he's not performing that well. Man. There's no way an offense that gives him the ball 
10 to 15 times a game, it's going to be a good offense. Well, he is the second. Around Patterson, man. He's the second leader receiver, and he's behind Mike Davis in carries. So He's their second yeah. leading receiver. What was your stat, Paul, about his air yards? Isn't that right? <laughs> L- low as fuck. <laughs> it was like under five. There you go. Mm. <laughs> yeah, not, I hear you on that. I hear you on that. Well, that's a good segue at number nine. Um, Cal Pitts and Calvin Ridley. Break out. Uh, even if you, yeah, I think that anybody who has seen our defense play, especially our linebackers, know that Cal Pitts might have a day mm-hmm. on Sunday. And uh, I don't know what's going on with the secondary right now. Uh, we don't know if Kenneth Fuller is hurt or what, but uh, Calvin Ridley is finna go off if he can get the ball in his hands. Uh, I think the best way to go about it, and you know, obviously. You don't want you can't double everybody, but I wouldn't let Cal Pitts ha- be anywhere near single coverage with Bostic. I wouldn't let Calvin Ridley be anywhere near single coverage with Kendall Fuller. I would double them boys all day or bracket them boys all day. Like I know that Matt Ryan can't go downfield, but if you give him a quick slant or a drag or an out, you know, these boys could turn a little into a lot. So we have to find a way to suffocate them so they don't even get the ball. In the same way where 17 was suffocated last week and only finished the game with six for 60, I believe. Yeah, figure out a way to do it to these boys, too, because they can turn a game, uh, turn into a game, even if the offense is not so good. Well, we need to find a way to have Cameron Curl on the field and Landon Collins not in coverage, first and foremost, because if you got Collins in coverage versus Kyle Pitts, everyone should be starting Kyle Pitts in fantasy, DK, fan, monkey knife, I don't care what you play, because based on the way we've been performing, Kyle Pitts is going to go off on Sunday if Maga Jack don't get his head out of his ass and leave Cam Curl on the field. There is no reason to see 26 guarding Kyle Pitts. I don't think they, I don't even think they're going to think about putting Holcomb or Bostic. I think they'll be smart and put one of the safeties. But again, it cannot be 26. I'm begging the coaches to not have 26 on Kyle Pitts. I swear to y'all, I just feel like this is a breakout game coming. I see him getting like 15 targets this week. <laughs> it could be eight, nine catches. They make it down to the red zone. Kyle Pitts is a problem, man. He hasn't had a breakout game yet, but they need to focus on him. Obviously, Paul Ridley, you are really So I, I completely get I'm I'm expecting Will Jack and everybody to do what they do. I'm not to put Fuller on him by himself. So, again, like you said, bracket and matchups. Please don't put yourself in a bad situation with the matchup. Listen, Pitts, Troy Collins. Y'all allowed for giving Kendall Fuller some injury. Some like is he just getting cooked? He's injured. Well, listen, I didn't say well, that. Course he looks like he could be injured. Shit. I ain't going to say my man injured because he out here getting cooked. Look, he playing, he playing like somebody needs to be off the field because he's not. He don't look like he's running full speed, or even he just lost a step and we didn't know it. But he's definitely not moving as agile as he was last year. Definitely, you just out here getting cooked. <laughs> so I'm like, but look, man. I get what y'all are saying. I feel you, Kyle Pitts. Calvin really, Calvin really is not averaging like eight and a half yards to catch, by the way. He's about to win the, he's about to win the Jarvis Landry Award. Okay, we're about to give it out Woo! this year. We're about to give Woo! out the first Jarvis Landry Award. Are you about to do that to my receiver? No, get eight yards to catch for the season. Right now. <laughs> right now, Calvin Ridley, he's definitely leading in the Jarvis Landry Award race. Yo, they don't have time to throw the ball. They don't. So you need to tackle. Period. You need to tackle. They, I mean, they're getting the targets out. They're getting the ball to Ridley. 
He's averaging eight yards a catch because they can't get the ball down the field because there's no time to throw. So well, you're right about that. That's facts. That, that's the thing. They, they've had no time to throw, but our defense has it has been giving everyone time to throw. So somebody's got to give them on Sunday. Our defense has been – but he can't move. He, so he can't. Can, so he can't create more time for himself, right? Yeah, no doubt. So, so I think what's going to be a little different this game is when Allen won – you're, you don't have to – your lane integrity isn't going to be that – like, it's not going to be that detrimental. Right. Right? But also, on the plays where Payne and Allen are getting pressure, it's going to be a little different now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's where yeah. the difference is going to be. So the ball's going to come out. And, frankly, Kyle Pitts is probably going to kill us. I said, you know, he'll be in my DK lineup. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> they don't even give Mike Davis the motherfucking ball. Yeah, because they're behind. Also, this you know, you let Julio go. I'm not understanding. What the fuck are they doing down there? Did they save cap space or something? Um, yeah, remember they, they didn't have enough cap space to even sign the draft picks. Ah, okay, okay. Anyway, uh, number 10. Lastly, uh, gotta get some turnovers, right? I know turnovers are a fluky thing and you can't really plan to get turnovers, but you haven't had any in, in two weeks now. You only have two in the season, which is one of the worst marks in the league. You can't win games. It's hard to win games without forcing your opponents into giving you the ball a few extra times. So you have to drive. So you're going to have to get at least a couple turnovers on on Sunday. I don't know uh, how they're going to come, but you got to get them somehow. To Cliff's point, Matt Ryan can't move, so I'm expecting. Uh, well, I'm hoping we can get a situation where the pass rush gets there, and knocks the ball out of his hands. We get a couple strip sack fumbles. I mean, you know, it whatever it takes to get some turnovers, like you said, Paul. Give the offense some short fields, like. Do something that you know. Get the energy on the sideline up. Build the momentum up. Like I don't. I don't care how we got to get it. Just we got to cause some turnovers because <laughs> you need that in order to win games in this league. So pass rush. If the pass rush does their job, I think we can. We have an opportunity to force some turnovers on Sunday. Can we start with negative plays? Can you tackle them behind a line of scrimmage? That'd be great. Is that allowed in the league? Like a second and twelve. <laughs> For me. You can't one. You can't be a good defense unless you're causing turnovers. That's just the way the league is. However, the defense has been fucking terrible, and it's not just in and and beyond the causing turnovers. There's like no resistance, None. right? So we got we almost had that. You know that Kendall Fuller play would have been a big play in the game, mm-hmm. a big play. Like that's the thing about football games, right? If Kendall Fuller Fuller if that ball doesn't get kicked out of his hands. By Dawson Knox, right? Because he would have picked it off if it doesn't get kicked out of his hands. It's possibly yep. a tie game. Yep. Right? You need those guys got to make plays, man. Defensively. Yep. Some guys just got to make plays. What's his name? Drop that pick. Um, Gosh, what game was that that uh, Holcomb dropped that interception? Was that the Giants game or the Chargers game? It was over the middle of the field. I remember that I play. Before you help me out. I'm leaning towards the Chargers game. Um, yeah, I think it might have been the Chargers game. So, like, guys just got to make plays, man. Got to make plays. All right. I feel like they were way more opportunistic last year. But, you know, turnovers are fluky. It's not something that just, you know, you can't really – I mean, you can force turnovers, obviously. But sometimes turnovers come in bunches, man. Every, this would be a great place to start on Sunday is getting a couple extra drives by forcing Matt Ryan or who at whatever – into a couple of mistakes, you know? It'd be great. Uh, How about a three and out? 
Can you try that'd be it? great. Start. That'd be, I mean, that'd be amazing. Three and I love it. Where did what is our field position rank? I bet you it's low. Probably dead last. Because we don't call, we there's no three and outs. Last week we were punting. We spent a lot of the game starting deep in our own territory last week. Our defense yeah. doesn't get three and outs, so that means you're never gonna have good field position. Give me a short field. I don't give a shit if you turn it over or not. Like, can you force a three and out? Just That'd be a, I would love to see that. <laughs> like, I can't believe I'm here begging my defense to get a three and out. Like, this, <laughs> damn, we, oh my God. But I'm not going to be negative. I'm with you, Cliff. It'd be great. Baby steps. Let's see if we get a three and out and then transition to possibly a turnover. Yeah, let's, you know, let's go baby steps, man. Baby steps. That's where we at. Let's get it. It's wild that we're sitting there talking about three and outs. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. It sure is. This, mm. especially an early three and out, like they need to string some drives together, man. Because mm-hmm. the confidence is clearly low. Gotta get some, just string some stops together. I mean, a pick six is fine and all. Who the hell wouldn't be down with a pick six? But can y'all just go have a quarter? Can you come yeah. out here in the first quarter and it's three and outs? And I see a stack get off the field. like the Falcons have had to ran like seven plays. Yep. Like, can I see that? Yeah. Like you, nah, I hear you. Like on the last spot, like you saw the energy when they had a third and fifteen in Buffalo. Like, defense probably was like, "Fuck, here we go again." Like they need they need some type of positive play, and I'm talking about getting off the field on th- on third down. So, yeah, baby steps, three and out. Then we'll proceed to potentially getting a sack unit. Then we'll try to take it a step further and see if we can get a turnover. Baby steps. Niggas got to crawl on defense, man. <laughs> Ain't that about a bitch? <laughs> don't make hmm. me damn. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. Um, you guys want to do predictions? Yeah. Yes, sir. Right. Uh, one of you I started off last week. Cliff, why don't you, why don't you start us off? Mind you, you picked three straight dubs. I did pick three straight dubs. Okay. That's that's bold. <laughs> and, and very unexpected. Not that not that you're negative or anything like that, but usually you're the the most level headed person in this yeah. podcast. What the fuck is wrong with you two? All I did was go week to week, man. Um, <laughs> coming out here versus the Falcons. Gotta start fast, man. Let's get up early. Can we? You know what, Falcons? You take you you can win the coin toss. Mm-hmm. Take the coin toss. We'll take the ball first. Let's get a big play, man. Early on, I think you got to start fast. That's how I want to see it. Just come out here, start fast. Get up ten out the first quarter. Take that shit home on defense. But you know it's not gonna go that way. That's not how we roll. I know that's not how we roll. Probably gonna turn the ball over early. Stress everybody out. Win a terrible football game. I'm gonna go Washington twenty-one nineteen. Oh my gosh, if this score is 21-19, I'm gonna go crazy. I'm going to go. <laughs> oh man. Damn. Yeah, win's a win though, right? Yeah, win is a win, but that means we we, we probably struggled to get that and, and we're fine. Not- get that W. Move I'm with you. I've been saying too. I'm with you. Whatever it takes to get a two or two. Um I think the team's gonna come out ready though, man. I didn't feel like coaches and the players was ready last week. I just feel like they they just weren't in it for obviously from the jump. Um, I think this is going to be the game where, like Paul said earlier, I think we established this run game with Antonio Gibson. We're going to try to make it a little easier for Heineke. Um, 
I think we're going to see a lot of Logan Thomas this week as well. I think he might lead us in targets this week. Keep an eye on that. Um, but I think defense this is going to step up too, and I think we may actually force a turnover this week. Um, I'm looking for my hot take is Gibby's going over 100 yards, and I think the final score is going to be 24 to 13 Washington. Um, I'm looking at a blowout, a, a, a semi blowout. I think that you know oh. the the uh, talk around this football team this past weekend and the performance they put out on Sunday, the pathetic showing in Buffalo. Um, they're going to take it to heart, man. There's some factors that are kind of like the stars are aligning, like maybe Curtis Samuel coming back. Um, you know, them having the motivation to go out there and change things. And, you know, you're facing a team in Atlanta that's maybe one of the, the worst rosters in the NFL right now. And, you know, it can be understated how a home crowd will affect you. I mean, you saw that last Sunday. I don't know how much it did, but that crowd in Buffalo was rocking. Atlanta's going to be empty on Sunday. I mean, that stadium is rarely full. Um, I'm thinking 30 to 13 Washington. Big win. Hmm. Like I said, 30 to 13. Oh, man. I think that stars are in line. They're going to put together a good game. And they better because the Saints come and march into D.C. next Sunday. The Saints. Uh-huh. Yeah. Dog, tell me that James Winston ain't one of the most unintentional funny niggas of all time, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang. All right. 30. Dog, you got me thinking about that. Over we can, can we get the thirty on Sunday? Hmm. Hey, hey, man, we scored thirty against um New York. <sighs> we Why did, not? we did. Why not? And I'm not saying that defense is better than the Giants. I honestly don't think it is. Uh, I, I think that, like I said, it's just a a uh, collection of factors that lean in our favor, plus the motivation to get this shit turned around and get us fans off their back. They'll probably come out and play really well on Sunday. If they don't, I'll be disappointed. I'm not going to lie to you. There's no reason for you to not at least put together a B-minus, B-plus performance against the Falcons. I'm not saying the Falcons suck. They're just not – I mean, they're, they're not they – don't, they don't present a good matchup for us. Let me put it like that. Right. I'm with you. All right. Trivia. Trying to get this dub, man. <laughs> Cliff, we got to get oh, you some- <laughs> Was, was, that, was that the Jeopardy joint? <laughs> oh. What's good, Cliff? What we looking like? All right. Listen, we got five. You know, last week, the, the purple sort of took over the show. <laughs> the purple became. <laughs> <laughs> purple made an appearance. It was, it was a guest host. Uh, we got five questions. We got another, we got another rules. Pick a number. We got <clears throat> Washington Atlanta-based trivia. Um, I believe Paul won last week, correct? Yep, I did. So, Paul, you go first. All right, let's go number three. All right. So Arthur Smith, obviously, used to be an air quality control coach. His first year as quality control coach, we went nine and seven. That was 2017 that lost to Seattle in the wild card round. In that season, we had three players throw touchdown passes. Mm, mm, mm. Name those three players. Damn, Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good-ass question, dog. God damn. 
Go ahead, Paul. Um, Jason Campbell, Todd Collins, Antoine Randolph. That is incorrect. Oof. Oh, God damn it, another answer. Ah. I'm so mad I don't know this shit. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, 2007, 2007. Obviously, Paul got the quarterback. 2007. Oh, hold on. I'm thinking. Hold on. I mean, can't, can't give you too much longer. You, you did hear the question originally. So. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I don't know that one, Cliff. What is it? I, I even know I know the game too. Go ahead, Cliff. Go ahead. Give us oh, an who, is it? Who, who is it? Wait, I'm I'm pretty sure Portis threw a touchdown pass that year. He sure did. Mm. Fuck Portis with his weak ass arm. God damn it. <laughs> I no, as soon as I said it, I was like, well, it might have been Randall L because he always was, you know, on the reverse yeah. pass. But I'm like, I'm pretty sure Portis threw a pass to the uh Cooley that year, too. Like he jumped up and threw that shit. I feel like he, I yeah, he he did a little mini jump and hit yeah. that little that yeah. little rainbow joint. God damn it. That's a good ass question, Cliff. Damn. That's a good ass question. God damn. <laughs> All right, give me number five, Cliff. Number five. Number five. So the team record for touchdown passes in the game is six. Sammy Ball has done it two times. It's only been done three times in team history. Sammy Ball twice. And this quarterback did it in a 56 to 17 win over the Atlanta Falcons. I'm just going to guess Brad Johnson that is incorrect I know the answer and the reason I know the answer is because I was at this game 1991 Mark Rippin that is correct Mark Rippin go ahead Rip yeah yeah, uh, passes on 16 completions. I was, I was just gonna say, fucking deadly 16 completions. <laughs> he had 16 completions for 400 yards. That's Gary, Clark, Gary Clark had 200 yards. I was, I was about to say, it had to be Gary. Yep, it was Gary. <laughs> yep. It was Gary. Damn, damn, rip. All right, Paul. Yo, for somebody that, that had such a, a fleeting moment as like the star quarterback here. Mark gave us some good games, man. Like, that's ridiculous. Imagine 25 a clip. Yeah. No, I'm saying, but, like, Mark Rippon wasn't really a great quarterback before that or since or, or like, afterwards, I should say. But that one year, man, like, God damn. That man was one of the greatest teams. Lights out. All right. Let me – give me number one. So – Oh, I got that one. I'm sure. We have not won versus Atlanta since 2003. Mm. 33 to 31 went in 2003 on September 9th. So September 14th. In that game, two Washington wide receivers had 100 yards receiving. Name those wide receivers. What? I even helped you out by telling you they were wide receivers. I know one for short. Is Lavernius Colts? I remember him going off that game. Can you confirm or deny that, or should I keep going? I can't. I just I need to receive. Can't confirm or deny that. Oh, I was. I'm pretty sure Lavernius Colts went off that game. 
the other receiver that went off on that day. Fuck. Is it Taylor, Taylor Jacobs? That is incorrect. I knew it wasn't Taylor Jacobs. God, he, this nigga never, a, never went off. Fuck. I'm going to grab the one I thought Paul was going to take. Was it Rod Gardner? I need two receivers, Corey. Oh. Um, well, I was going I was going Coles and Gardner. That is correct. Damn, we got a match. All right, all right, one one with two to go. Let's do this, man. It's not one one, it's two one. Got get two points Wait. for the Coles and Gardner. Oh, so so you just make it the rules as we go, huh? All right, making the rules as we go. That's no, I'm not. No. <laughs> number two. Ooh, number two. Number two is tough. Like that, you know it's tough. tough. That's all I'm gonna tell you. All right, nineteen ninety one. We played them in the divisional playoff game in route to our Super Bowl. We won twenty four to seven. Defense led that game at four interceptions by our defense against this former first-round pick quarterback for the Falcons that day. That quarterback started 92 games in the NFL. 1987 first-round pick named a quarterback. Oh, God. Damn. Hold on. Um. I really don't know who the fucking quarterback was for Atlanta. Um, <laughs> damn. I don't even know who this motherfucker played for Atlanta. I'm just going to do a name drop because it's the oldest fuck. I'm going to say, uh, what was the dude's name? Uh, Dave Craig or some shit like that? Dave Craig is in It's name Dave Craig. Um, <laughs> you all remember Dave Craig? I do remember, of course Dave. remember Dave. No, Dave Craig, man. Nice little career as a backup in like 15 different spots. Uh Damn, bro. No, I, I, there's a name on the tip of my tongue, and I'm pretty sure it's not it. Um, Damn. So, you know, there's two names on the tip of my tongue, and I don't think either one is it. So I'm just going ven- to venture a guess. It wasn't, was it Jeff George? That is incorrect. Yeah, it wasn't Jeff George. Damn it. Answer is Chris Miller. Oh, oh Chris Miller. Chris Miller. Chris Miller. First round pick out of Oregon. He started 10 years. He played for 10 years in the NFL. 92 starts. See, I was about to say Chris Chandler. I was like, wait, no, no. That was 98. Yeah, that was too early. <laughs> was it far? Was Favre on the team then? He wasn't playing, though, but I think he's on the team, right? He was drafted in 92, I think, right? Ah, uh, okay. Wait. Uh, maybe, maybe it was 91. You know what? He was on that team. I'm lunging. He might have been a rookie on he that was, team. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yo, imagine being a first-round pick and your entire experience as a rookie is Jerry Glanville making $5 (laughs) wagers about you throwing the ball into the upper deck. That's got to fucking suck, yo. Oh, fucking Jerry Glanville. Yo, Jerry Glanville is a nut. That's that's all I'll say about that, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good, man. I need this this for rubber match. Let's do this. Is he kicking in from work? (laughs) (laughs) So going into that 2015 draft, there was a lot of talk about who we were going to take, who we were going to pick. Mm-hmm. The Falcons ended up taking a play. We ended up not taking this player. The Falcons ended up taking him. It was a player that a lot of people had rumored. Paul wanted him. We'd be drafting. Mm-hmm. 
He gonna get this one. Name name that player. I know this one off jump. Oh, Vic Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley is correct. Is he in the league? Yes, sir. That was his man. (laughs) Is Vic Beasley? I don't think Vic Beasley is in the league. He was in Tennessee last year. I think he just didn't he fail a drug test or something like that. He's currently a free agent. Twenty nine years old. That's that's crazy. Vic Beasley. A, a lot of these Falcons after that twenty what twenty sixteen season or twenty seventeen Super Bowl, whatever year it was, a lot of them players that we thought were like ascending players, like ooh, yep. they just kind of fell place to earth. Do you know that in twenty sixteen, Vic Beasley led the league in sacks? He was yep. the first team All Pro. Fumble, fumbles forced. And what the hell happened? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the, the whole uh, undersized edge rusher thing was cute for a minute. They tried to make it popular with my man Bruce Irvin and never latched on because, I mean, a splash, a splash play here or there. Obviously, what uh, Big Beasley did was far uh, on the far edges of success in that kind of spectrum of what could happen in that situation. But most of the times, you probably see ineffectiveness. You're just too light. Can't hold up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I wonder how Dan Quinn used him that year. I kind of don't remember. It's been a couple of years, but how did he use him that year? I just know he was in the backfield heavy. I mean, we were consistently seeing Big Busey make plays that year. He led the league in sacks. I remember that shit, bro. He was killing. Who was the, the running back on the team? Why can't I remember? I'll say, man. Yes, yeah, right. That's right. It was Freeman. That was Freeman. Julio. Uh, Corey's man, Harry Douglas. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his wedding. Shout out to Harry. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You would. Uh, you was at Zeke's wedding, right? Yeah. Harry Douglas. He went to Louisville, right? So I remember he used to kill us too when he was watching. No, Louisville used to get in that ass. <laughs> when, they, when it was him, Harry Douglas, Brian Brom, yeah, Brian Brom, they, they thought he was, in, uh, they thought he was the next one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Damn. it, man. Pull That's one, shit, there. Damn it! Hey, I was due. I was due for a little okay. W, man. I think you beat me like a, a couple times a season, right? We, I thought we split because we didn't do it one week, right? We didn't. Oh do yeah, it for- that's right. That's right. Clip, these trivia joints be challenging as hell, man. Keep keep these joints up, man. Yeah, because we used to be on that. I used to be on that shit heavy. I used to have a little trivia book. Used to rough that joint at elementary school. Jack would get sick. They were like, damn, who who already checked out that little, uh, the book where it shows all the historical stats, NFL and shit? That shit said Corey Gasway listed like 75 times. They used to be (laughs) lit. Corey's name in that little index card like 50 times in that joint. Oh yeah, Cliff. Keep them, keep them, keep them questions coming, bro. I like them. Hell yeah. Oh man. Uh, well, all right. We Gucci, it, fellas. Appreciate y'all. Cliff said he uh, pulling up. Say what? Cliff said he pulling up on Sunday. Should we, we're gonna be in this joint. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but uh, Sunday afternoon. I I don't know if either one of you are interested. Like after like the the watching the game, Sarah's having a little going away party at Caddy, so I'll probably roll down and join like four thirty-five. If you don't want to go down there with me, where's she going? 
She moving. Oh yeah, where's she moving to? New Jersey. <laughs> the way you say yeah. that, dog. Right. <laughs> well, we think we think somebody's moving away. You know, somebody's they're moving somewhere far and exotic. Nigga said New Jersey. Doing Cali. Mandy moved to Hawaii. She's moving the state over, and it's not even the good state over. <laughs> New Jersey. New fucking nah, Jersey. I'd be able to fuck with that. Yeah, I know Cliff. You would probably travel south anyway towards DC. Oh, yeah. So much. Yeah, I'd definitely be down for that because that's on the way home. Right. Shit, Cliff. Me, Corey. You might as well just come on, man. I'll drop you back home when we're leaving. That work. <laughs> That's the bad dog. All right, cool. All right, uh, just send me the joint whenever you get a chance, Cliff. All right, all right, appreciate All right, right y'all.